quick note on the sponsors for the podcast. I've moved all the sponsors to the very beginning of the show because I don't want you to be interrupted once you get into the content. Please do check them out. Panoptica simplifies container deployment, monitoring, and security, protecting the entire application stack from build to runtime. Scalable across clusters and multi-cloud environments, Panoptica secures containers, serverless, APIs, and Kubernetes with a unified view, reducing operational complexity and promoting collaboration by integrating with commonly used developer SRE and SecOps tools. Panoptica ensures compliance with regulatory mandates and CIS benchmarks for best practice conformity. Privacy teams can monitor API traffic and identify sensitive data while identifying open source components vulnerable to attacks that require patching. This enhances auditing and compliance efficiency and protects against potential threats. Proactively addressing security issues with Panoptica allows businesses to focus on mitigating critical risks and protecting their interests. Learn more about Panoptica today at panoptica.app. Shortcut compliance without shortchanging security. Expand the scope of your security program with Vanta's market-leading compliance automation while saving time and money. Vanta's global customers, over 5,000 of them, report saving over 300 hours in manual work and up to 85% of costs for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Plus, with over 200 integrations, you can easily monitor and secure the tools your business relies on. From the most in-demand frameworks to third-party risk management and security questionnaires, Vanta gives SaaS businesses of all sizes one place to manage risk and prove security in real time. Plus, the unsupervised learning community can claim a $1,000 discount at vanta.com slash unsupervised. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash unsupervised. Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Meisler. Wrote a few things this week. Defensive security is a glacier, and that's okay. Why and how I believe we'll attain AGI by 2025 to 2028, basically before 2030. A list of timeless concepts from ancient myths. So this one is really cool. I, I basically came up with a way with AI to find the 50 most important, like ancient wisdom concepts, like Oedipus, uh, flying too close to the sun, um, hubris, narcissism, like all these different things. And a lot of them come from like Greeks and, uh, really old literature. And I found a way to basically capture what those lessons were and then capture the source material. So now I have a giant reading list of all the source material, and that's called a list of timeless concepts from ancient myths. And this is on the site. And the last one is how I differentiate the unsupervised learning newsletter, podcast, and community. And with that, let's get into security news. Russian disinformation campaigns are getting crafty, impersonating U.S. media outlets like the Washington Post and Fox News to spread anti-Ukraine stories. The operation is called Doppelganger, and it's described by Meta as the largest and most aggressively persistent covert influence operation from Russia that we've seen since 2017. A cybersecurity professional, Nia Paul, has built an AI disinformation machine to counter Russian propaganda for just $400 
The project called CounterCloud uses its OpenAI's text generation technology and other AI tools to create sophisticated information campaigns. This is a really good example of how tools are weapons and how both tools and weapons can be used, you know, both for defense and offense or by good guys and bad guys, right? Because, okay, this is designed to counter propaganda, but guess what? The exact same thing can be used to create propaganda. So somebody could find out the, about this tool or make their own, or, and, and it's not even theoretical, right? Obviously, everyone's doing this now. Question is how much and how high quality. But yeah, we, we've got a great defensive tool here, and it's exactly the same as the offensive tool. Forever 21 is admitted to a data breach that impacted over half a million people. They were hacked over a three-month period starting in January of this year. And they got access to personal information, socials, I think credit card information as well. Just a lot of data. Vulnerabilities, ransomware attack on Citrix. Juniper has multiple vulnerabilities exploited. And they're exploiting four recently patched vulnerabilities that uh, now has POC code. And researchers from University of Wisconsin-Madison have found that Chrome extensions can steal plain text passwords from website source code. U.S. government has put a stop to sales of NVIDIA's high-performance GPUs to the Middle East and other countries, looking to stop China's AI development. The affected chips, which are the H100 and the A100, are already restricted in China and Russia, but now they're restricting in the Middle East because China was just going to the Middle East to get them. The Zero Day Initiative is offering a $1 million in cash and prizes at Ponto Own Automotive, the first hacking contest focused on car systems. The competition, which will be hosted at the Automotive World Conference in Tokyo, will have four categories, Tesla, In-Vehicle Infotainment, IVI, Electric Vehicle Chargers, and Operating Systems. Interesting that Tesla is its own category. Apple has quietly introduced a system called Private Access Tokens that verifies the legitimacy of devices without revealing user identity. The system, similar to Google's Web Environment Integrity proposal, is integrated into macOS 13 and iOS 16 and Safari and is primarily used to avoid the need for CAPTCHAs. It's like another way to verify without doing dumb CAPTCHAs, which are getting increasingly broken anyway because of AI. There's some promising new tech that can evidently transform Wi-Fi routers into a sort of night vision camera specifically designed to track living beings. And the funny thing about this is that night vision is also just another kind of wave. So, so what this is doing is it's using AI to interpret the signals bouncing back from Wi-Fi. And uh, it's just Wi-Fi is being sprayed around the room as, as one does when you have Wi-Fi, right? So it's just watching the the signal of the Wi-Fi and how it interacts with the room. And it basically trained the AI to detect living beings using that. Technology news. The Da Vinci surgical robot has successfully removed an inoperable tumor from a patient's tonsils, potentially saving their life. And again, it was inoperable, but the robot did it. X is planning to introduce voice and video calls, though no timeline has been given yet. The platform has also updated its privacy policy to allow collection of biometric data and employment history. This is all part of the move towards the uh, the one big app, right? They're going to be able to send payments. I mean, they're talking about doing payments. They're talking about doing voice. I, I feel like 
I almost feel like all the big apps are just going to be everything kind of like an operating system. Like the app is going to be able to do tons of stuff, uh, kind of like an operating system in that when cool things happen elsewhere, they eventually get incorporated in, right? So if you have one, if you're competing to have the best one app that rules them all, it's going to need to have chat and video conversations and sending payments and, you know, all the things that can be done with independent apps. So I am excited to see what happens with this. Um, I, I just can't count someone out who built SpaceX and actually uh, is launching satellites. Tech workers are seeing their salaries shrink by up to 15% as the job market gets flooded with talent from recent layoffs. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy has made it clear that employees who aren't willing to work in the office at least three days a week might need to find another job. Nearly 30,000 Amazon employees signed a petition against this. They are against return to office, but it's happening. Tesla has been quietly building a power plant in California to support its supercharger station on Interstate 5. This is seen as a step to ensure its charging stations have reliable power when California keeps having power outages. And I think this is how we end up with corporations providing services instead of the government, right? The government should be the one doing this and doing it the best, but I don't know. I, I feel like uh, we're going to have Apple health before too long and we'll have Tesla power grid and the government will like subsidize people using those services, but they'll actually come from the corporations. OpenAI is taking on the challenge of aligning artificial superintelligence systems with human goals, which could be a serious problem if superintelligent AI systems are developed. And they've launched a new research program for this, dedicating 20% of total computing power to solve it by 2027, which is very early. But I, I think they need to go that fast. Dedicating 20% of their total computing power. Very cool. Two cruise driverless taxis in San Francisco reportedly delayed an ambulance carrying car accident victim who later died in the hospital. And this is why they are getting so much scrutiny, legitimate scrutiny. But at the same time, I, th I think we need to have a little bit of tolerance because I don't think anyone's counting how many times this is happening as a result of humans. Apple will be the only company to receive TSMC's three nanometer chips this year, according to a recent supply chain report. Basically, no one else is ready, and Apple's the only one who's ready, so they're the only one who's getting them. Some California tech transplants are reportedly regretting their move to Austin, citing cultural differences, the heat, and a lack of diversity. Everyone I know who's in Austin, they complain constantly about the heat. They say it actually gets worse in the afternoon. Like, by like 2 p.m. in the afternoon, 3 p.m., it's just like murderous outside and you don't want to go. China has overtaken the U.S. as the biggest iPhone market for the first time ever, accounting for 24% of all iPhone shipments in Q2 2023. My personal take on this, and keep in mind, I'm like a massive Apple, you know, uh, acolyte or fanboy or whatever. I, I just don't see anything competing with Apple in like the personal tech space. I, I see Android as having like the future tech, like they keep trying really interesting stuff, but it's just like fragile. It doesn't work. It's not part of an ecosystem, like foldable phones, 
Um, like they do a lot of really, really cool stuff that I wish I had in my Apple device, but I would never give up my Apple device with its stability and unification across the ecosystem and how clean, cleanly and like, you know, appealingly it is to use the, the system, right? When I mess with an Android, I feel like it's got really cool stuff. It's just not organized well. It doesn't look good. It's transient. It breaks easy. The phones are nowhere near the quality. It's just, it's just a really bad experience. And okay, here we have iPhone ascending in China, right? Well, China is trying to push all their own stuff. They're trying to push Android. They're trying to push all their own providers. And yet the people want what they want. It's happening the same way in the U S like everyone's trying to push like these cheaper phones. Guess what kids want? Kids want iPhones. And it's not just because other kids have it. It's because the ecosystem, right? It's because of blue text versus green text. It's because, you know, FaceTime and all the, um, merging of devices and, and sh sharing across the cloud and all that kind of stuff, stuff that technically exists with Android, but it's nowhere near as clean. And it's, it's going to be really funny because you have over the years, everyone says, oh, Apple's dead. Oh, Tim Cook's going to kill Apple. Um, Apple is nobody, you know, Android is, is everything or whatever. And here you have them just slowly and quietly incorporating feature after feature. But every time they implement a feature, it works perfectly in the system and it just dominates. It, it just, it, it perfectly works and it, it delights people and it surprises them. They're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And, and the worst thing you could do is try to go back to Android and realize, I just hate this device. I can't use this thing. And people who switch over from Android, they've been holdouts for years. They finally get to Apple and they're like, oh, well, now I get it. This is way better. I just love this. And I guess my point in mentioning this is the reason they keep gaining market share and then very, very soon people are going to be like, oh, they control everything and blah, blah. It's like, it's all them. They use their control. They didn't have any control. They, they were just this one company against all these different manufacturers who have the ability to compete with Apple. They are only one company. There are dozens of companies making different versions of, you know, uh, Android and, or, or at least additions to Android enhancements. You got Google who back then was spending way more money on this and had every opportunity in the world to make something similar to Apple and actually compete, but they're not competing and they're going to get crushed. They're going to get crushed because Apple does quality slowly. That's part of a larger vision. Whereas Android and Google seem to just throw things at the wall. And you see this from Google in other places as well. That's why they have such a large graveyard. They're just like, oh, here'd be a cool idea. I'll launch the product. Okay. We got, you know, 75 million users on it and they're really happy. Oh, let's kill that one off. Let's try this other thing. That's why they have had nine different versions of Google chat and Google meetings. They just, there's no vision. There's no long-term thinking. That's what Apple has. That's the differentiation. That's the reason everyone's switching over to Apple now. Long-term vision, which slowly gets implemented. And it, it's really funny that they're going to be penalized for this. They're going to be like, well, why did you take over everything? How come you have so much control of the market? It's like, because all my competitors make shit. They don't have any vision. They have no vision of what they're trying to make. I do have a vision. Therefore, I built everything we made very slowly starting in 2007. It's taken all this time to get here. And now you're going to hit me with antitrust. 
because no one else has a vision. It, it's completely crazy and it's guaranteed to happen. All right. Don't know why I got into that. Uh, all right. Scania, a Swedish truck manufacturer, has developed a prototype for a plug in hybrid semi truck covered in solar panels. The 60 foot long trailer is wrapped in 100 square meters of solar panels which could potentially increase the truck's annual driving range by up to 5,000 kilometers. I didn't think that would be enough. I guess if it's sitting overnight or no, is it sitting during the day? It would have to, like, there's no way the input to that thing is anywhere near the output while it's driving. So it's got to be pulling in from passive. I don't know. Interesting. Increase the truck's driving range by 5,000 kilometers. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. The booming AI industry, this is human news. The booming AI industry is heavily reliant on underpaid and exploited workforce in the Philippines. And they're engaged in this type of work called crowd work with many earning far below minimum wage and facing delayed or withheld payments. Yeah. This is the old joke, right? Uh, AI, AI on the front end and in the back room, there's a bunch of people doing things manually. And, uh, yeah, this is unfortunate. Can't wait for this to go away. At the same time, they're making money, right? <clears throat> and they're happy to have the job. And in here we are in the Bay area. We're like, Oh, that's bad that they have those low paying jobs. And they're like, yeah, can we have more please? Same thing that happened in China. It's interesting narrative. RMIT university scientists have come up with a clever way to fight drug resistant infections. These are the ones who like you, you can't kill it with any drug, right? So these are titanium microspikes. Love it. These spikes etched onto implants can kill about half of the drug-resistant candida cells, a deadly fungus on contact. I thought they were talking about bacteria, but that's a fungus. Interesting. Job growth in the private sector took a nosedive in August, falling short of economists' predictions and hinting at a cooler labor market. The private sector only added 177,000 jobs, a significant drop from July's 371,000. People are posting less on social media platforms like Instagram, opting for more private and closed groups. Yeah, I, I've experienced this as well, anecdotally. Yeah, quite interesting. What, what happens when social media is actually just private social media, almost like private cloud? Chicago and other cities are suing Kia and Hyundai, claiming their lack of simple immobilizer technology in cheaper vehicles makes it too easy to steal. In 2022, over almost basically 9,000 Kias and Hyundais were stolen in just in Chicago, accounting for two-fifths of the 21,000 vehicle thefts recorded. 21,000. study found that higher intakes of potassium and magnesium, but not lower sodium, reduced the risk of cardiovascular disease, and it gives some numbers here, which seem rather large, honestly. Japan's defense ministry is asking for a 13% budget increase next fiscal year, planning to add anti-missile systems and boost military maintenance. 68% of households in the U.S. are owned and 32% are rented, but this varies by state. Maine has the highest ownership and DCS, the highest renting. 
conservative pop culture is gaining traction with act, artists like Oliver Anthony and Jason Aldean. Yeah, this song by Oliver Anthony, quite good. Uh, I forget what it is, but it's like a country song. Uh, it's just him with a microphone, but quite nice. Kind of like an anti-elite thing, but not like in a negative political way, more like, you know, take your foot off my neck type situation. Notes. So I've been using a new technique to improve my technical drumming, which is to watch covers on TikTok of really cool parts of songs. And uh, it's cool. I, I've been watching this one girl uh, called Apartment Drummer, and she plays on electronic drums. So you hear more like clicking rather than the full kit. So it doesn't drown out the song. So I could just watch this play, the TikTok video play over and over. And it's probably, I'm going to say probably a 30 second clip. But it's usually a pretty difficult part of the song or a difficult, interesting, like enjoyable part of the song. And it's difficult to actually execute. So you get it wrong. You get it wrong. Well, if I do that like 50 times in a row, eventually I start making progress and pretty much I can land it and kind of mimic exactly what she's doing, which really helps because not only do you hear the actual song, but you hear her clicks on the kit. Plus you're watching her hands and her feet. So you could actually it just all starts to mix together in, until you finally get it. And th that matching of the visual with the sounds, I, I think really helps me figure it out because when I would try to play it naturally, I would do it way differently and wrong. Uh, whereas if I watch her do it, I, I could, I could copy it. So that's been fun. I also seem to have replaced my expensive camera gear for streaming with a dedicated iPhone webcam. Yeah. Software features are just totally, totally winning right now. And it could actually track me when I move my head and everything. It's just really cool. Keep uh, tweaking the format of the newsletter. Uh, let me know if you like it. I'm reducing probably the number of uh, stories. I've got like 15 max. I think right now I'm trying to do like no more than 15 in each section. And uh, yeah, it, it's been good. Ideas and analysis. So the last chapter of Outlive is spectacular. This is this book I've been going on about forever. Um, it talks about the trauma in his past and how basically it turned him into someone who oscillates between shame and grandiosity. So basically someone has trauma, they feel shame about that, and they try to lift themselves above everyone else to compensate. And that's when you turn into this narcissist, this, uh, you know, somebody with grandiosity or whatever. And if that fails, then they feel shame or when it inevitably fails, they feel shame. Right. And then you just like repeat and rinse that. Right. Uh, so this really maps well to narcissism in general. And now that I'm looking for it, I see shades of this cycle in myself and many of my creator friends and security friends in general, or really anyone who's putting themselves out there on the internet. Right. Which I guess is like creator ish. So question, if much of what gets made in the world is made by narcissists, which I think is probably true. And they're doing this because they're fighting their trauma and they're oscillating back before between this shame and grandiosity thing. Is that not sometimes or even often a good thing? Like, like, are there shades of a positive version of this, right? And when does it transition to being bad? I really r recommend that you e read this book and especially that chapter and see if it applies to you and the people that you know. It's a really powerful concept. Again, oscillation between shame and grandiosity. You feel horrible about yourself. Then you try to put yourself above others. Well, what about the middle? What about just being in, happy in the middle? Discovery, awesome GPT prompt engineering. 
Compress, a tool that creates typing shortcuts from your own writing to save you time and effort. Wapalizer, a community fork of the now-removed Wapalizer project. Eternal Hush, a new advanced open-source C2 framework that's free to use. AI Barbarians at the Gate, great analysis of how AI will hit businesses in different ways and different types of businesses in different ways. At Midland School, you trade your smartphone for an axe. Cool trade-off. Tesla's future might be more about China than the U.S. How do auto-restart Mac apps? SpaceX is going to provide satellites for Apple's SOS feature. GREP for log analysis. How to enable auto-reply while driving. The transition from programmer to contractor. Supermoon images. Revolutionizing AI memory with recursive summarization. Unearthing PyPy's secrets. Blog what you want. Animated knot tying. A prose linter, free offline maps for travelers, hacking dev tunnels, and the recommendation of the week. So one of the biggest things I learned in the book Outlive that I've been uh, talking about is the fact that muscle mass and strength is massive for longevity. And second part of that is that most people don't get nearly enough protein to grow and sustain that muscle. And I just saw a Tia on TikTok talking about how he's seeing lots of people losing weight on Ozempic and Wagovi. And that's because they're just not eating as much. And because they're not eating as much, they're also losing muscle. And he's basically saying, make sure you keep your protein and strength training up so you don't lose too much muscle. And the aphorism of the week, inspired by love, guided by knowledge. Inspired by love, guided by knowledge. Bertrand Russell. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.